My name is Matt Miller. I'm one of the pastors here at New City. Good morning. Awesome, man. Thank you guys for being here. What a beautiful day, right? We're going to do a different type of teaching this morning, something we've never done before in three years, but I hope it will be effective uh, for you. I want to read to you our scripture for the day, and then we're going to do an interesting, uh, uh, I'm hoping an interesting, I think it's interesting, uh, approach to this teaching. Um, But I don't know if you guys read in the paper this week, but there was a bride in India who stood up her groom on their wedding day, all right? Does anybody in here know why? You know why? He couldn't solve a math problem. I'm serious. On their wedding day, she asked him this question, right? And I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him the answer, right? She asked him, what is 15 plus 7? Turn to your neighbor. Tell him what you think it is. You should get this, I hope. All right? The groom answered 17. He had been lying to her and his family about his education level, right? And so, because marriages are a little bit different over there. And she said, no way, Jose. That wasn't his name. I don't know his name was there. But no way, right? And uh, she left him standing at the, for, uh, and so, like, some of you are like, man, I wish I would have asked that question. I wish I would have asked something on our, on our wedding day, right? No, if, I got duped. I got duped into this. But today we're going to talk about marriage. I'm so glad Jen, my finance, my finance major wife, didn't ask me any math questions. I've been in trouble. Because I could have asked her a biblical question, and she would have got it, because she's way smarter than me. But uh, I'm married up, which is always a good plan if you're not married, right? Don't marry down, marry up. Now, I don't know about them. Somebody's marrying down, of course, but don't it be you. Don't let it be you. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5. Last week, we talked about a Waco sleeper, man. If you weren't here for that, I want to encourage you to go and listen to the podcast. Uh, and the only reason I say it, you don't hear me say it very often, but I had several people come up to me afterwards and say, dude, that was powerful. That was a powerful uh, approach on that scripture. And so if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go check it out. I think it would be good for your soul. Paul continues his letter, and he says this, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. He himself being the Savior of the body, but as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to sanctify her by cleansing her with the washing of the water by the word, so that he may present to the, the church uh, to himself as glorious, not having a stain or wrinkle or any such blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one has ever hated his own body, but he feeds it and takes care of it, just as Christ also does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am actually speaking with reverence to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each one of you must also love his own wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. We thought it would be interesting, instead of me or some other pastor, and all of our teaching pastors are currently men, I thought it would be uh, not as effective for a man to stand up here and say, hey, wives, this is what it looks like, right? Not that we would say it like that, but that my, my uh, redneck side came out a little bit, I guess. But we thought, what would it look like to hear from um, some of the women of the church on how they've lived this out in their life, the, their struggles and their wins? And then we thought, what does it look like about love? Like, well, Matt, you're a pastor. You're supposed to say those things, of course, you know. But what if we got some men and we said, hey, what, how has your journey looked like on loving your wife? And so last week, we gathered four women from New City Church, from our Shawnee and both our Shawnee and our Edgerton campus. Same thing with the men. And we just did a little forum and said, hey, what does this scripture look like in your life? And so we're going to watch that this morning. And hopefully, I thought it was really powerful. I got to be the one to be a part of it. And I'm hoping it's powerful for you, too, and where you are in your, in your marriage. So uh, let's watch this together. Hello, my name is Jill, and I have been married to my husband, Matt, for two and a half years. So we're 
somewhat newlyweds, but getting our veteran feet under us. I'm Andrea Black, and my husband is Andrew, and we have been married for 18 years. Uh, I'm Helen, and uh, I have been married for 56 years and just lost my husband. I'm Marjorie, and I've been married to um, my husband, Jake, and we've been married for two years and counting. <laughs> so when you guys talk about being married for two, two and a half years, it brought back a lot of memories, like where my husband and I were at that point, and um, the whole submission walk was not working. Like, he wasn't really a believer, so um, we spent a lot of time butting heads and fighting, and... <clears throat> So um, I didn't really understand what that meant because we weren't getting along. And later on, as he uh, gave his life to Christ and, you know, started walking the walk, um, we had to kind of, it was kind of like a redo, like, okay, we need to talk about some things, you know, that we haven't really been walking in our marriage. So I'm reminded of, like, you know, Ephesians 5.22 talks about wives submitting but if you look at the verse before that, Ephesians 5.21 talks about submitting to each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of that as like a respect. Like I respect my husband. I respect his decisions. Um, it's not like he's not lording over me either. I think a lot of women, when you say submit, they get freaked out because they think, oh, he's going to be the boss and lord over me and tell me what I have to do. But just as we grew together in that, um, I've really come to understand, like, first it's submission to God, both mm -hmm. of us submitting to God, and then out of that we submit to one another. So, Were you a believer before Andrew was then? Um, I was a believer before him, and I ended up getting pregnant, so that's why we got married. And um, he was not really walking as a believer, and um, things were really bad. We were constantly telling each other we were going to get divorced. We were constantly fighting all of the time. Um, it was really hard to love someone and that, that is like that and to respect them. And I was no better. I had my own faults. But, you know, um, it takes two people to fight, and it takes one person to create change. Mm -hmm. And I was fed up with how things were going. I didn't want a divorce. Um, and so I started looking at myself and how could I change things? How could I, you know, walk the walk and be an example to him? Um, when we got married with Jake, um, literally months down, it's like, okay, we got a big decision. <laughs> We're going to move across, like, away from family. And it was, um, I think for me it was a big, um, it was a big decision because it was like I need to trust him that this is God calling him mm -hmm. to go move, and I want to be called too. It's, it's a teamwork. When you're mm -hmm. married, it's two, no longer one. Mm -hmm. um, one choice of one person. And so um, part of me wanted to believe that I kind of didn't struggle with submitting because I trusted in God. Mm -hmm. In that moment, I was like, God, you're in control. I know that you're calling my husband, and he's following you. So why should I like doubt it? There was times that... I didn't want to submit because I had to let go of some of the dreams that I've made for myself. And <laughs> now, now that we're married, you got to figure out how does this work when you come together and both mm. people have dreams and God's calling us to do something. Yeah. And so, um, but I trusted it and I submitted in the fact that if this is where God is calling us, 
and you're leading me. Let's go. Well, I mean, I hear all of us talking about us having to give up our dreams, but the, the whole point of submitting to our husband is as a representation of Christ in the church. And mm-hmm. if we submit to a husband, we have to look at his role too. Mm-hmm. His role is to love us the way Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. And we need to realize that if we are giving up these things, it is to our benefit because mm-hmm. we're submitting to somebody who loves us like Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. And if our husbands are loving us that way, which we really need to be able to trust them that they're doing that, us giving up something is only going to be for our best because we're submitting mm-hmm. to somebody who loves us the way that Jesus loves his people. And so I, automatically, I mean, if if I'm thinking to the women who have unbelieving husbands, I mean, the scripture actually speaks to that directly. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can love them mm-hmm. and that shows Christ to them too. But I'm thinking of Romans 8, 28 and... Just in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him. You've got to know that if you are in a marriage where the husband is not following Christ, God still loves you. Mm -hmm. And God still has your best interest in mind, too. So by following God and by obeying God, you are going to have an effect on that husband. And apart from Mm -hmm. him asking you to blatantly disobey God... God's role for you still hasn't changed. He still asked you to submit to your husband, and you're responsible for answering for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you're accountable to God in what, in your actions and your obedience, and you need to be able to trust God to take care of you um, because he's promised that he would. Because when you're in a marriage, it's both working together. It's not like Jake is always going to be like, this is it. And this is, he's going to be like, Hey, this is what God's like speaking into my life. And he's done that. And he's like, this is what God's telling me. What are your thoughts? It doesn't mean that just because I submit, I'm any lesser than he is. And this mm-hmm. is, we're both in the same. Um, I'm kind of reminded how Christ submitted to God. And he said, not my will, but your will. Talking about your husband leading you. I didn't want to follow him. I didn't want to hear his ideas. And that kind of had to change. Like when I decided, you know, I want things to be different. I don't want this to end in divorce. Um, And the first submission was submitting myself to Christ. Like, what does your word say about this, God? And it goes back to first Peter talks about a woman who was married to an unbelieving husband. And I mean, I took that to heart. Like I'm not being an example for anyone he would want to follow or be like, or, you know, I'm not loving him like I should. Um, respecting him like I should. So, you know, he began to see the changes in that. He began to see that I was praying for him and I really wanted this to work. And his heart turned and as he began following God and making Jesus Lord of his life, like I completely trust him now. Like, I just think it's so awesome what God's done in his life, you know. I'm on his team, you know. Where are we going? This is awesome. Mm-hmm. I think submitting takes a lot of humility. Mm-hmm. Um, takes a lot of prayer. <laughs> a lot of prayer. And a lot yeah. of the spirit to just, like, lead me. Because uh-huh. if it's up to me, I want to do me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so you need that strand of the spirit to be able to, okay. Yes. I think a lot of, I mean, I don't know a woman alive who doesn't want to control. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's part of the curse. I mm-hmm. like part of the fall when God said, okay, Eve, your desire is going to be for your husband. I mean, she, she wants his power, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know any woman who doesn't want to control mm-hmm. things, but right. that's like, that's just part of 
part of the nature. It's something we all battle. It's something we all face. So, I mean, mm-hmm. those of us who struggle with submitting, it's kind of universal to mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, that is one of the hardest things to do. But I was married so young. I was 17 years old. And uh, so I just went straight from my father's house to James's house. So <laughs> it, that made it a lot easier mm-hmm. because I was told at home what to do. And, and uh, I'd done it. And then when James and I got married, it was easier to do as he wished because I knew he had to make the living. And so wherever he said we were going, that's that's where we went. And mm-hmm. it was it made for a lot happier home to yeah. submit and do as you're told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important that we actually talk about what submission looks like and what it is. I mean, I think we've hinted at it, but... How do we do that? Like, because Marjorie, you said earlier, like, it's not just laying down and being like a doormat. Mm-hmm. Submission mm-hmm. is an act of strength. Like, there are so many times when I know for me and when we're, when Matt and I are trying to make a decision or when we're talking about something, it takes a lot more strength for me to submit and die to myself than it is for me to keep button heads with him. Mm-hmm. Then, I think, I mean, so, I mean, submission is a terribly strong thing to do. You know, it's not weakness. It's not, um, like, it's not being a doormat. It's being a woman of God, a very strong woman of God. And it mm-hmm. takes courage to do that because you are placing your faith in in somebody and trusting that they're going to listen to God on your behalf mm-hmm. and you're trusting God. And it's, I mean, I just think it's super strong to be submissive and not weakness like what everybody seems to think it is. Mm-hmm. I think a good practical example in our life is, of course, we have two daughters. So parenting is a whole nother level of submission. Mm-hmm. And when I went to run the house, my, my emotions, like, no, don't punish them. No, don't <laughs> give them another chance. You know, <laughs> I don't want to see them get in trouble. So I'm always the softy. And then Andrew comes along and he's like, no, you know, we have to address this. This has to, you know, end or whatever. And, you know, and myself, I'm like, no, give her another chance. And that's where I have to submit. Like, I know he's stronger in that area than I am. I have to submit to his decisions, his authority in that area. Well, mine is mainly uh, in the house. I'm boss. <laughs> I cook like and, that. and all this kind of stuff. Outside stuff, that's his job to take over. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, it works real well for us because mm-hmm. he doesn't cook well. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that, has, uh, that has been great for us. As mm-hmm. long as he keeps the things going outside, I can keep them going inside. Mm-hmm. Well, he knew that I loved him, uh, or we wouldn't have been together for 56 years. But he um, he trusted trusted me completely to do in, in what I was doing. At the end, like, I, I want Matt to be able to say that, man, Jill just, she trusted me, and she let me do my thing. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I hope that Matt feels empowered by me because God's given him a lot of responsibility as the, as the man, as the leader of our household, God has put him in charge of a lot. And I hope that Matt feels empowered by me and supported by me, um, to be able to do that. I would like, like Jake to always know, um, is that I respect him and that I 
trust him that what he says, like, <laughs> something goes, do you trust me? <laughs> and I feel like that's a trick question. Like, what are you about to do? <laughs> but it's like that he always would know that I'm always going to be there encouraging him. That, hey, this is what God's called you. This is what God's um, put in your heart for the family, not just for you, but for all of us. And so that I'm able to um, support him in that. Um, first of all, I want my children to see that a Christ-centered marriage is the only type of marriage to have. Like, mm-hmm. what an important, you know, aspect of marriage that is. Like, Christ-centered. You know, your whole marriage is built around Christ. And that um, they'll take what we've modeled and just start using that as their foundation and how much even, you know, greater of a marriage they can have. And for my husband to know um, that I loved him like like a First Corinthians love, you know, mm-hmm. like that type of love. Um, and just that, um, just the power of a transformed life when you submit to Christ in your marriage. Uh, I'm Dave Leonard. Um, me and my wife, Sarah, have been married uh, just coming up on 24 years. She just reminded me 25 is, is around the corner. Um, we... Uh, we had a lot of years where we we weren't biblically based, and certainly I don't think I had that that definition in my mind in, until just a few years ago. Uh, things o- almost crashed a few times. Um, I can remember uh, getting in the car. We we were living in St. Louis, and I can remember getting in the car and throwing my bag in the back and saying, "I'm done. I'm going home." I'm, I'll be at my parents' house. You stay here. Uh, I'm done. Well, my name is Daniel Smith, uh, and me and Alicia have been married for about seven years this month. Like when I first got married, like I loved my wife. Obviously, I got married because I loved her, but I didn't really like grasp, you know, what marriage really meant at that time. I mean, it's like I loved her, but I didn't like understand like what it really meant to like, you know, love her. Uh, Dennis Grimm, uh, Melissa and I have been married going on 10 years. Um, Rough Patch was about year seven, and kind of cliche on that note, but uh, um, she was done and ready to walk out, and um, I can't blame her, and I'm kind of surprised I didn't let her, like she didn't get away. Because I did everything I possibly could have to probably give her every reason to walk away. Andrew Black, Andre and I have been married 18 years, and uh, we've got two beautiful daughters. I remember somewhere around year three or four, having such an intense fight with my wife. I'm yelling, she's yelling, and I look down, and I've got... There's a three-year-old, a three-year-old little girl, just looking up, and she's, you know, she didn't know peace and love. That's my regrets of the early years. Once I like really got a revelation of like, okay this isn't just me like looking at porn or this isn't me just looking at something but like once God really like I guess grabbed my heart squeezed my heart so to speak 
uh, to where I was able to realize, like, this is the same as cheating. Like, once I got to a point to where it was just as real as actually physically going out and cheating on my wife. Cause once I really sensed that and then realized, like, my wife absolutely loves me. Like, she absolutely loves She trusts me. She expects me to, you know, to behold her, you know, on a higher standard. There's something else that probably needs to be talked about. There's a lot of shame that gets dealt with um, that I'm sure everybody in the circle knows about and have actually alluded to it. And it's the shame of a secret life. I think the corner was turned when the false intimacy was dealt with. No more secrets. Brought it to the light, you know? That was when our marriage really turned the corner. When I first came to New City, my my spiritual life was flat, blah, right? And so, so was my marriage. It's funny how those two follow suit. Um, long story short, discipleship was a big deal for me. And um, in that, I started realizing that you got to actually read the Word, apply it, <laughs> and you'll have good things happen. It's kind of the way it works. And so... That, Chris calls it stepping into the pain, right? I used to hate the term. thought, man, that's just a good old religious term that I just hate that. What are you talking about? Pain was before Jesus, right? Like, I was broken before Jesus. What's this pain talk, you know? But what it is is when you, for, when you for, don't deal with anything, that pain of not dealing with it, and then the pain of dealing with it and saying, yeah, but the Word says do this, I don't want to. So... I had unforgiveness in my heart. I had to start dealing with the unforgiveness, and there were some steps that happened there. And then the Lord put His finger on some other things in my life. Anger, drinking, pornography, unforgiveness. You start feeling like a new person. This is a process. Each time you seem to come up a level. It's funny because your relationship with your wife follows suit. I'm firmly convinced that it's impossible to have a better relationship with your wife than you do with the Lord. It's impossible if you want to do it the way the Word says do it. And looking back on this, it was actually my wife coming to the Lord and my wife living her faith out that, that gave me a picture of what that looked like. I, I have a vision of what God wants me to do and I just need to get to the right place in time and... Uh, and it's and it's a family that's that that's brought up stronger than what it would have been because uh, I came from a broken home that was divorced and I know what that looks like. So what this means to me is that I, I have a vision for walking into this place uh, with my family and serving like in a crazy way that just I can't imagine being any happier. Than I am because I shared with Andrew here that the happiest I am is on Sunday morning uh, in the back of the room with my wife serving God in a way that like just makes me feel so happy. Way to wreck it. I love that. <laughs> Best part of my week. So Andrew talked about uh, about how your relationship with your wife goes in steps as as your relationship with God goes and. And certainly, I, I feel that. And and speaking to the the passage in Ephesians that we're talking about, I, I, I don't think that I could have loved my wife in the way 
that I do now before I knew the love of God. Um, when uh, my wife's had a lot of medical issues and um, and you, uh, when you're down, praying to God that he would strike you down with sickness just so your wife could have one night of peace in the hospital. Um, when you, um, sorry guys, <laughs> um, when, uh, when you want so badly to, to take on that pain, to take that away, um, just so your wife can be at peace, um, when you're willing, when you're willing to pray to God that if it is his will, that your wife be taken at that moment so that she could be at peace. Um, I, I don't think I ever could have been there. The, I don't think my love was ever selfless enough before that I could have ever been to that place to where I would have said, no, if, if, it's, if it's right, if it's your will, then, then it's right and, and she'll be at peace and she'll be better. And, and, and I certainly, I thank God that that wasn't his will and that, that, um, that she is still here. Um, but uh, I, don't think, I don't think before God I knew love like that, that I could have even caught a, a little glimmer of what it was like to love in that way. It's been, you know, it's been a journey as far as, like, examining myself, um, you know, on an individual level, as far as looking at scriptures, looking at, you know, the manual, um, as far as, like, what love is and what love is not, you know, first of all, love is kind. Well, I'm not being kind, so obviously I'm not actually loving my wife. Uh, love is patient. I'm not being patient. I'm not loving my wife. And, like, yielding to that conviction, whether I think it's small, like, you know, well, you know, well, she said this or she did that, but like, it's been amazing to, it's been a blessing more than anything to for real, like, realize like, dude, I'm being convicted off of, you know, being patient. Like to where usually, you know, it'd be like, just, you know, she'd get over it, you know, be tougher. But like looking at it like, dude, I'm an actual <laughs> jerk. Like, you know, this woman absolutely loves me. And of course, you know, she has her, you know, times where she's not patient. That's not the point. Like the point is like, I'm not being patient. I'm not being kind. I'm not being all these things that the scriptures are clearly, you know, saying that I'm supposed to be um, as a man, but as a, you know, as a man of God, whenever I'm in the scriptures, I notice it. Better husband, better father, better person in general. Uh, my parents <clears throat> literally were in different lanes, and I almost never saw them interact with each other, ever. So the simple fact that I think my kids see my wife and I, like, interact is good comparatively. Um, I, I want to see them see that my wife and I, like, are the best team ever. I, I'm going to have four girls, so... Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, that, that'll be interesting. Um, I want them to see that like their dad got better uh, with their walk with God and with their in their life with them. I want my my daughters to grow up and seeing their dad like my dad. You know, like was a real dude. Like you know, he had 
you know, his issues. But overall, like, my dad absolutely loved my mom. Like, he was, you know, head over heels with my mom. And she was the best thing since, you know, sliced bread, as they'd say. Uh, I say since Starbucks, uh, Frappuccinos. <laughs> they really understand their value. They grow up understanding, like, you know, I'm, I'm valuable. I'm, I'm worth a whole lot. I haven't had until recently that kind of value for my wife like you know look, look who's on my look who's on my arm like this woman's got options right and she chose me <laughs> right um we'll call that blessed you know and so i want my daughters to see authentic parents that you know what happens on sunday happens every day yeah you know and that these two are in love with each other because they've seen it when it wasn't. They, they've witnessed that. They know. Two, two different lanes, like you said, Dennis. And now they're in one lane. And, and you know, like, I want them to have a picture of what authentic love looks like. What he said about him and Melissa serving together and that that's the most joyous time yeah. that he has, that they really, um, and it certainly that resonates with me. Um, Sarah has not been serving with me in Kid City since she lost her voice. She is very apprehensive about it and about mm -hmm. being around the kids with only a whisper. And I have missed it so much. That is, mm -hmm. that's the vision for me and, and what it's like to, for my family to excel. Yeah. To be an authentic, uh, certainly the word authentic was brought out to be authentic in the eyes of the kids that we teach there, that yeah. um, that they see here's a couple who loves each other, they serve together, yeah. they're old, you know. <laughs> older, older. <laughs> well, yeah, but I got little, I got young kids. You, you guys, you pass for older. I'll pass for old. Um, but here's an older couple, um, and they obviously love each other. They like serving the Lord together. Man, if, if half of those kids walk away with any kind of authentic relationship with God, yeah, man. man, that's that's that's, that's my good. future. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Did um, did you guys enjoy that? I mean, just their stories and. <clears throat> Now, I'm going to try to take something I used to say to teenagers and apply it to us married folk. And I know not everybody's married, but as a, when I was a student pastor, we'd take these kids to camps or conferences or whatever, and they'd get all ooey-gooey feeling, you know, like, you know, okay, I'm going to do this. And I'd say this, and look for the transferable principle here. I would say, kid, listen, the worst thing you can do is go home to mom and daddy and tell them all the things that you're going to start doing. Because you're going to have days when you don't... Right now you feel like you want to do it. But I promise you that feeling's going to go away. I've watched that video two times now. I watched it prior to today and just now. And it inspires me to be a better husband to my wife. See, a lot of you guys just see me in the context of right now, right? The Matt's pastor. That's just a slice of Matt's life. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And um, under this shirt or not wings. I'm, I'm just like you, right? I know maybe that's surprising to some of you, right? My kids think I'm a hero. My wife knows a little bit better. And what I want to encourage you to do is instead of rushing out here and making commitments to your husband or to your wife is 
Less talk, more do. Don't tell them, show them. Don't make commitments that you're not willing to uh, live up to. Just begin to show them how you're going to live your life. I want to go back to the scripture that one of the ladies shared right at the beginning. Ephesians 5, 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, how in the world can you love your husbands with great passion and intentionality? Period. Notice I didn't qualify it. And husbands, how might you love your wives in such a way that she's never experienced it? And I'm not saying that so that she'll make out with you. I'm just telling you that Jen wanted me to say that. Right? It's just because you want to love her. And because you cherish her. And because she puts up with your sorry butt. I'm a guy, I can say that. I'm not going to say that about you women. You, you're perfect. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I asked Curtis to lead us in this song that if you listen to Caleb much or much Christian music, there's a song by, I believe it's Casting Crowns, that say, Broken Together. And um, Andrew said, Christ in marriage. He said, I believe that it's impossible to love your wife more than you love the Lord. And I just, during this song, it's not a stand and sing along song. During this time, I want to open up our altar if you want to come up here with your spouse and, and pray together. I know a lot of you are here and your spouse is not. They won't come with you. But you want Maybe you want to come and you want to pray for them. While that's going on up here, if you want to come back to the back and just let us pray for you and be encouraged, we will have some trusted leaders back here in our brown to green corner to speak scripture over you and to encourage you. But the goal is this, is that we're better together. And although you may feel miles apart, Romans 8, 28, for God can cause all things to work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Pursue Jesus and let God do his work in your life. I want to pray. They're going to sing. If you want to pray, or if you want to pray with someone in the front or the back. Father, thank you for the stories of the men and women today. Thank you, Father, that uh, what you're doing, I, I ask Jesus that you would be stirring the hearts and minds of the men and women in this room, that we might love you at a deeper level, so that we might love our spouses at a deeper level. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.